Welcome to Sports Central. I'm Rick Drew. I'm Phil Fechner. Well, Phil, do you know what's going to happen early next week? Well, I reckon it could be a draft, an AFL mid-season draft. How's that for you, a guess? Just, just a little guess. You are right on the money, and particularly since we didn't even prepare that before the show. <laughs> yep, and I am very, very concerned about it. Well, I'm in two minds, I've got to admit, Rick. As I said to you, I think it was last week, that it gives someone an opportunity to play AFL footy, but does it? Or do well, they just sit on their list? Well, you see, this is where... Now, I won't go into the complete details, but this is where I think what you've said is possible, but is highly unlikely. There's a great deal of speculation going around. First of all, we'd better get one thing clear for our listeners who don't actually understand, with all due respect, how this mid-season draft is going to operate first it's the first time we've actually had one before which i didn't even know back in i don't know 1990 something three. Right? 1993 yeah. now you can it's not a, a club just can't put their hand up and say i want to be in the mid-season draft the only way that an afl club can qualify uh, there are three ways in which they or the third one is provided they can the first is they've either got to have officially notified the AFL that they have a long-term injury or officially notify the AFL yep. that somebody has retired in mid-season. Now, that doesn't mean retired from playing AFL and going out and playing for Sandful or the BLNG. Yep. It yep. means retired, yep. hung up the boots See on, your, on your bike. Yep. Now, given that one of those two top areas is there the third is that the club applying to pick someone must have room in their salary cap to do it now the whole proposal is that uh, let's just take it doesn't matter what club someone's short of a ruckman right yep. and he's either on the long-term injury list or they've retired so they yep. want a ruckman um anybody in the lower levels in the waffle the sandful or the VFL could be picked up. I guess it could also be argued that it could be picked up from the BLNG. Now, to try and, you know, upgrade their stocks, whichever AFL club it is. Now, my theory is that it's just a load of bollocks. And my reason for saying that is that anybody who is in that position has not gone through an AFL pre-season, is not playing at an AFL standard, and as a consequence of that, is highly unlikely one week, say, playing for the Sandfall and the next week playing for Collingwood. Yep. You know, it, I mean, I just don't see that it can possibly work because, you know, people who are on lists of the AFL who don't play very well early in the season... Most of the time, the, the ex excuse for them is, oh, they didn't do a full pre-season. Mm. And, I mean, uh, you, you said Ruckman, so we'll keep going with that Ruckman. Uh, and let's face it, a Ruckman can take two or three years to develop in the AFL. Mm. He's not going to click overnight. He's not going to come from the SRNFL, and he's not going to be a star straight away. Look at Brodie Grundy. Yes. I mean, he's taken... Three or four years to become an absolute star now for the last couple, but 
a ruckman developing is a slow process. Well, you've only got to look at virtually anyone who doesn't instantly get into an AFL side. That quite often they'll spend three or four mm. years yep. in their Bs yep. before they get promoted. Yep. Um, and uh, in fact, it's a rarity, and there are a couple at Port Adelaide at the moment who've basically gone in the draft, been picked, done at least a whole pre-season. Uh, Rosie's a good example, you know, uh, and is a success. But it is, it, I, there's no logic to it to me. And I think, um, I think it's open to a great deal of uh, background trading in the sense that I don't think they're going to use it for that reason. I think they're going to try and pick up uh, the rumours around are that this is also the concept that instead of pretending they want a Ruckman or whoever it might yep. be to instantly go into the AFL side, they're going to look at the best young blokes going around that was were overlooked at the pre-season draft or missed out or whatever and they're going to use it as an opportunity to pick up young blokes with no intention of playing them. Mm. And, yep. and, and they're even talking borrowing players or swapping or borrowing or, or words yeah, to that effect, yeah. aren't they well, too, Rick? What, well, they are, although that's... that. No, I think that's the concept that that would be a better system. That's not... You can't... An AFL club, given that they've got the right scenario, can't get somebody from another AFL club that's in their 44. Yeah. Right. Yep. But... Um, we will perhaps we'll just get back to that in a minute because I, I would like to just briefly quote um, from Sturt's current coach. He and he did play AFL, and that's Nathan Grimmer, who I reckon sums it up. He said, The AFL has all the resources in the world. If you can't go 22 weeks with the 44 blokes on your list, what are you doing wrong? You know, that's a second team. Mm. Now, if you're saying, gee whiz... Got a whole we, team out? Well, we have... That, exactly. You know, whether you've got your best Ruckman out or even your best two Ruckman out, you're going to say... Surely you've got that in, another one or two well, on the list somewhere. I was going to say, surely out of 44 players. So if they're saying we are so knackered that we can't do yep. it, then that's an insult to the team recruitment saying, well, we've got our 44 list wrong. Mm. And it's at, it's at the risk of destroying the second tier, oh, waffles, sandfuls. And let's face it, if you don't have, I mean, in terms of AFL, you've got to look at the sandful waffle VFL as the grassroots. I mean, I know, at the, the feed-in level. Yeah, it is. It's and a feed, and feed if in. you're going to destroy that by this, this Mickey Mouse mid-season draft, then I think it's wrong. Now, getting to your point, there is talk saying, well, a better way would be to have a mid-season draft and recruitment, meaning that um, Port could negotiate with Hawthorne and say, listen, we want Smith. Mm. And Hawthorne will say, well, we want X amount of money plus Joe 
uh, as a trade. Yep. And so it's basically... So they wouldn't season. take necessarily from the SNFL? We wouldn't. Or, no, no, no. It's no. just between the AFL clubs. They are safe. Okay. The, yep. And I personally think, first of all, Smith and Joe or whoever it yep. might be are both on AFL lists. Yep. So they've, they've done their pre-season. Yep. They might be playing in the seconds. Could be ready to go. Well, they'd be far yep. readier yep. to go than someone from Sturt or West Adelaide. Well, see, they're talking this South Adelaide Ruckman, and his, his name just uh, skates me at this stage, but they're talking that, that uh, one of the clubs is going to pick him up. Well, let's say South are sitting, I think they're sitting about second or third on the ladder. Chance of a premiership since 1963. They take their number one Ruckman. Where's that chance going? Well, that's exactly right. Out and, the window. And and as you hinted at earlier, he may be a superstar at Sandful yeah. level. Yeah. But, yep. he's not, but, you know, what's he meant to do? Walk in, he's played, he's played West Adelaide last week and he's playing Collingwood next week. Well, yeah. the chance exactly of him succeeding right. is next to nothing. Well, a classic example... I mean, the Crows are talking about bringing Jenkins back in this week. He kicked six against the Port Magpies. He stood a 182-centimetre fullback, yes. almost half his size. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I reckon I kick six on him. No, no. All right, <laughs> three goal six. Um, but, I mean, that's that's not even a comparison yeah. of AFL football. Yeah. Yeah. He, he stood a, a guy that's just over six foot, and, and they're, they're going to rush him back in because he's kicked six, you know? I just, you know, I don't know. I'm I wouldn't, too sure, right? I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. And, and, you know, you don't even have to if you stay each and every AFL club within their salary cap. I just think that if the if you need to do something, and my argument is you don't need to do anything, you know, what, how come it's taken, uh, you know, 20 years yeah. for us to think about, oh, maybe we need to do it again. If you're going to do it, just introduce a mid-season trade which is restricted to uh, whatever 18 multiplied by 44 is amongst the AFL listed players. And if you want to play trades and whatever, it's just as if it was out of season. But uh, I think there's got to be something better than that. Anyway, I mean, that it's going to happen, isn't it? This is going to happen well, this year. Well, it's going to happen yeah. this year. And the interesting thing is going to be whether the speculation that uh, clubs are going to use it to recruit young players uh, proves to be true or not. Yep. I mean, there's no compulsion that anyone joins it. And, of course, you can't join it if you don't qualify, i.e. with your retirement yep. or your long-term injury. But um, it, it seems to me the other proposal that's been running around is that you do a soccer or a la basketball and you negotiate players on a short-term uh contract yep um like typically like basketball i mean people go on a 10 week yep. i mean that's yep. short yep. but at least it, let's say again we use jones and he's at adelaide can't get a game because there's too many ruckmen yep. ahead of him uh and and um i don't know sydney need a ruckman yep. Rather than go through, they say, well, listen, we'll give a contract for 10 weeks. And at the end of that, the, 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 the lawyers have sorted out that the guy either um, goes back to his original yep. club or they've done a deal that if Sydney want to keep him, yep. uh, then they do a proverbial trade. Yep. Now, they do that in both basketball, soccer, but I just think that this is a crazy idea. And I go back to... Uh, 
uh, the, the Sturt coach that if you can't cover yourself yeah, with 44 players... Perhaps it's your recruiting officer that's done the bad he, job. He's the it? one who should yeah. get traded. <laughs> All right, we've probably had enough on that, Rick. All um, right, Phil. Yeah. Uh, sorry to cut you short, but I reckon that's probably... We've done a few minutes on that. Yeah. Uh, we've got Aboriginal Round coming up. Oh, we have. Yes, yes. some beautiful yes. Guernseys. Wow. Well, they are. I mean, you know, and I'm it's amazed. It's going to go on for a couple of weeks, they're talking. I, so. I, well, I'm amazed that, that, that See, the talent amongst the footballers who who are the artists is quite staggering. Well, Pal Pepper done the Portland well, ones, so I, I Well, so I believe. So, um, interesting, though. Very nice yeah. Guernseys coming up. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, have you got a joke for us, Rick? Phil, I have got a joke. Uh, you know, it, it's all around the annual presentation night. Yep. And... The most boring president in the world gets up for the presentation. And he starts off his speech by saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've only got about 10 minutes and I honestly don't know where to start. And someone from the back of the room calls out, how about the ninth minute? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think our uh, producer liked that one today, but I didn't mind it. Now, um, we'll stay quickly, can we quickly go into the local footy, Rick? That's what I was going to say. Okay. All right, we've got Newry versus Freeling. Yeah, I'll go Newry. Going to go Newry. Uh, Koshel, big hamstring last week. They heard it crap from the boundary line, evidently. Um, will be a long-term hamstring. I'm still going to go Freeling. Okay. Tanunda versus South Gordon. Tanunda. Absolutely agree. Williston versus Kapunda. Williston. Definitely also. And Ango versus Gawler Central. Oh, Angerston. Angerston, Angerston by a, just about a cricket score. I'll, I'll use the old thing. They've increased the scoreboard at Ango, I think. Um, just a quick one, Rick. Yes. Uh, saw on the, uh, on the Facebook there this week. Uh, Grinock uh, Footy Club uh, trying to get a, uh, got a meeting this, this Sunday. Uh, getting a football and netball side together um, is in the so looking for people that want to get involved in it. So they got a meeting at the Grinock Oval this week. Well, um, obviously, as you know, I am not a great believer in Facebook, but I di I had I didn't get my information from there, but I did get it from being at the football. That uh, it seems that. Uh, they're uh, really up and running and are really keen to yeah. uh, get this. Uh, they used to have a side they years do. ago. Yeah. My dad played yeah. for Grunock yeah. years ago. And the... it, it won't be easy. It uh, won't be. Because... Starting from scratch. That's right. Very wow. difficult. It's a big... That is a big, it they're going to have to have a real good committee there. It is a big ask. But um, well, where, where, you know, there's ambition and hope. If you get enough good volunteers, uh, you never say die. But it's going to be a big ask. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got a couple of minutes still up our sleeve, yeah. I think, Rick. Well, quickly, um, Dale Thomas, swearing, what did you think of that? Oh, look, I, as, as I consider you to be precious and a good friend, umpires are precious. Let, let's not beat around the bush. Um, it's hard enough to get umpires at any or all levels of all sport, and as much as I hate to say this, Phil, you've got to, you've got to look after the umpires, even well, if they make decisions like look, I've seen you I, make. I, I tend to agree with you there. Uh, and the other thing is, was it a boundary umpire? And he has no comeback. He can't pay a free. That's he right. can't do anything but report. So um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny that, that that happened because at the uh, at my local footy on Saturday, um, I won't even mention the club, but there were only two playing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a boundary umpire got abused there for supposedly not calling the ball out of play. Yep. Um, but you know, gee whiz, you know. 
it is also true to say, as Thomas said in his apology, no umpires, no game. Simple as that. Exactly right. Um, look, I just want to quickly touch on Nick Kyrgios. Should be thrown out this time, shouldn't he? <laughs> how many I times mean, have you said that? How many times? I mean, he was throwing stuff around on that court. I, I mean, I honestly... And then verbally abused yeah, uh, yeah. Djokovic and, and Nadal yeah, and, yeah. you know... The biggest problem that tennis faces, and I know you're a tennis man from way back, the biggest, it seems to me, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest problem, and the same applies in golf, the biggest problem is that the worldwide organisation is run by the players, not some officialdom, like cricket is not run by the players. And so therefore the players, at, when it comes to the crunch, tend to look after themselves. It's a bit like, it's a bit like, you know, let's say Gawler Central, for the sake of the argument, are reported for doing something, mm. and the decision of to whether they get penalised or not is going to be made by Gawler Central rather than yeah, the yeah, overriding no, body. Yeah. And that, to me, is... I mean, no way in this world can that man get away on a tennis court with what he gets away with if it wasn't sort of dealt with internally. I mean, every And so the association run by the players for the players is basically turning a blind eye on him. I mean, how much longer can he go? Uh, I mean, it's just a joke. Um, he hasn't picked up the umpire's chair yet, but that's about the no, only thing. No, but he thing. picked up another chair alongside and threw that yeah, across the yeah. court. Um, Thanasi Kokonakis, he's out of the French Open. Can he's, you say that again? Thanasi <laughs> Kokonakis is out of the French Open. He's been riddled with injuries. Oh, is that uh, right? Young South Australian lad. Yes, uh, so he's I'm pulled just, out again. I'm just impressed with the way you said that. Really? Yeah, well, there you go. Can you do it a third time? <laughs> <laughs> now... We really are running out of time. Are. I just want to very briefly mention, and we'll 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 delay our real yep. conversation we until will. after the penalty's been handed yep. down. But as probably, uh, well, definitely you know, but whether our listeners know or not, uh, Jack Bobridge, uh, uh, um, uh, successful local lad, local Evanston bloke, who. Uh, been in three different Olympics and won silver medals, has been not only um, booked but found guilty by a jury of peddling drugs. He now lives in Western Australia yep. and all we're waiting is for the penalty, yep. which, which, could in, yep, which could include jail time and it would seem to me that that's the only excuse that the Barossa Council are... Uh, uh, not waiting on, waiting on yep. to rename the Jack Bobridge bike track between uh, Gawler and uh, Tanunda uh, because um, I would have thought that being found guilty would probably be enough in terms of the image of, of physical activity, etc., etc. Well. But they're arguing that they'll meet and discuss it yep. once the sentence has been handed down. Well. Well, there you go. We'll cast, probably touch on that a bit more oh, in the ne later weeks we, once it's, we, uh, it's all it come to head. It must cast a huge shadow over... Yeah, I mean, it's cycling in general, let's face it. Oh, Lance Armstrong that's right. certainly done that. So anyway... I think that's about that all we've got it. time for. Over time. Yep. Well, <laughs> don't expect to get paid too much for I can tell you. Okay, until next week, this is Rick. This is Phil.